Would you join a neighborhood watch if we had one? I don't even really know what that means. It's just like spy on your neighbors a little bit, right? Make sure. Just being a snitch. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Bug and Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin and I'm here with Jack. Today we're going to bring you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell. It was daylight savings time. Saving <laughs> daylight saving time. <laughs> That's true. We actually slept more yesterday. Yeah. Then, but I didn't, we didn't really tell each other scary stories yesterday. So, so maybe tonight will be different. We shall see. Um, I have no questions for this one. I'm just going to get started if that's all right with you, unless you have anything to input. No, you didn't hear the cars in the background <laughs> by the window. That's all right. It's fine. We're recording a little bit early, so people are still awake. People are still awake. All right. So I'm going to be talking about Hammersmith. It is a district in West London, England that became a fully independent parish in 1631. Have you ever been? Nope. Me neither. <laughs> it is now identified in the London plan as one of the 35 major centers in Greater London. The 4.3 mile or 6.9 kilometer area holds significance due to the fact that it is the administrative center of the London borough of Hammersmith and Fulham. Fulham? I'm not sure. Probably the second. Fulham? Fulham? Maybe. Hammersmith is known for its pubs lining King Street, the entertainment scene at the Eventium Apollo, and its 100-acre nature reserve called WWT London Wetland Center. It is also known, famously, for a murder trial that brought up issues within the justice system that were argued over for 180 years. It's a long court case. It's a lot. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> so it's not one specific court case. It is an argument that people make in court. And they were basically arguing over whether it was, it could be allowed as an argument or not. Yes. We're going to talk about the story that basically began the whole argument. Okay. Okay. Have you ever been to court? <laughs> Personally, no. I have some friends. Have you ever done, have you ever been, no, I would have known. Have you ever been summoned to jury duty and not told me, <laughs> even though we've been together for like no. years? No. If I get called for jury duty for like a, well, I was going to say murder trial, but I guess anything. Would me having this podcast exclude me from jury duty? I think it's more of your ability to show bias or not. Mm. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be like that. But this I also is a witness like, guilty. <laughs> I feel like people would also be like, she's just here for a good story. <laughs> would, be, would, would being guilty or not guilty make it a better story? That <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Why does jury number seven have thought? <laughs> <laughs> they allowed it. They let me in here with it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Defense team. Yeah, you start. They should have certain yeah, chance. They should have fans at court days. Do you're just not allowed to say anything. <laughs> Maybe not fans. I wouldn't be fans necessarily. But you are rooting for one team or the other. Maybe I guess you deserve that. <laughs> Thirty-eight murders. Yeah, she had good reason though. Sorry. Right, anyway. Starting in November of 1803, a number of people living in the Hammersmith area claimed to have seen a ghost. The apparition was described as being very tall, dressed all in white, had a calfskin garment with horns, and wore large glass eyes. I'm assuming that meant glasses, but that's how people described it. As stories of this entity circulated, rumors spread that this was a soul of a man who had committed suicide the previous year. Allegedly, there was a man who had been buried in consecrated ground in the Hammersmith churchyard, and at the time, it was believed that the souls of suicide victims could not be at rest if buried on consecrated ground. Now, all of these stories or sightings were Fairly disturbing, but no one really feared the ghost until a few weeks later. A pregnant woman was walking near the churchyard at about 10 o'clock one night when she beheld something, quote, rise from the tombstones. The figure was tall and very white. When the woman attempted to run away, the ghost soon overtook her and pressed her into its arms. The woman fainted and was taken home later after she was discovered by some neighbors. This encounter was so frightening that the woman died of shock just a few days later. When an elderly woman came forward shortly after, claiming she had a similar experience, locals became terrified of what they dubbed the Hammersmith ghost. So people were seeing this ghost around, but these were the first two stories where like a physical touch was encountered, felt. yes, or felt. So individuals began only going out in groups, but this had little to no effect. So a brewer's servant, Thomas Groom, and an acquaintance were walking through the churchyard close to nine o'clock one evening. Allegedly, something rose from behind a tombstone and seized Thomas Groom by the throat. His companion turned towards the noise only to see the ghost release Groom and disappear. Groom later testified that the figure, quote, gave me a twist round and I saw nothing. I gave a bit of a push out with my fist and felt something soft, like a great coat. So he basically tried to punch whatever it was and he felt something. But they were like, yeah, we don't know. It was gone. It ran away. Sixteen individuals were in a wagon driving down the road that went past the churchyard shortly after Groom's encounter, and they were stalked by the figure, having it chase them for a few moments down the road while they were basically trying to speed away from it. So since the going out in groups thing wasn't working, um, they were like, we gotta, we gotta figure something out. On December 29th, William Girdler, a night watchman, saw the ghost while near Beaver Lane, which was along near, once again, near the churchyard. Everything's kind of circulating around that. 
He gave chase only for the entity to throw off its shroud and escape. It became obvious that something had to be done because this was like their policeman, I guess, of the area. And even he couldn't stop it. So they were like, okay, we can't go out in groups. The only police force that we have is also not working. So they basically got together. And by the new year, patrols were formed by citizens because London did not have like a organized police force. Yep. outside like the night watchman that could come like help them or do anything so it was basically like a neighborhood watch of sorts would you join a neighborhood watch if we had one i don't even really know what that means it's just like spy on your neighbors a little bit right make sure being a snitch <laughs> mean a snitch includes like i see someone breaking into my neighbor's house yeah i'm gonna call the police in my house wait <laughs> If somebody was breaking into our house, you wouldn't want our neighbors to call the police. Well, our one neighbor has, isn't here, like, ever. ever. So, <laughs> he's gone all the time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They've been the ones that they're always outside across the street. True. Outside. Are we really a neighborhood? I mean, I guess. It's just, we're not really a neighborhood yet. It's like, we just live along a road. Anyway, they formed these groups, right? Like a neighborhood watch. And they... We're doing patrols in hopes to decrease the amount of, atta of attacks or stop them altogether. If they could basically have someone or multiple people out and about, like, at all hours. Francis Smith, an excise officer armed with a gun, was a vigilante. People dubbed him or he called himself a vigilante on patrol on the night of January 3rd, 1804. He had run into Girdler, the night watchman, at approximately 10.30 p.m. after leaving a pub in the area, and they agreed to meet back up after Girdler called the hour at 11 to look for the Hammersmith ghost. So, Smith was allegedly, not that they could sue me, right, because <laughs> like drinking in the pub, hanging out with people, um, he was... Getting very, like, riled up. Like, he, he was like, we're going to find this ghost. I don't care what it takes. Left, ran into the night watchman um, at 1030. You know, the night watchman was like, listen, I have to go down up and down the street and yell at everybody that's at 11 o'clock. And people are going to yell back at me to shut up because they're sleeping. And then we'll meet back up and we'll go on a patrol together. And Smith was like, totally, but I'm going to walk around before that. And they were like, okay, see you at 11. So just after 11, a bricklayer by the name of Thomas Millwood started heading home after a visit to his parents and sister's home. He was wearing white clothing of his trade. So it was described as linen trousers entirely white, washed very clean, waistcoat of flannel, apparently new, very white, and an and a white apron which he wore around his waist. According to Anne Millwood, which is his sister, immediately after seeing her brother off, she heard someone call. So he left, she closed the door, and then she heard someone yell, quote, damn you, who are you and what are you? Damn you, I'll shoot you. After which she heard a gunshot. She rushed outside to find that her brother had been shot in the lower jaw and killed. Standing over his body was none other than Francis Smith. What a twist. Didn't see that coming, did you? 
No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Gurgler, the night watchman, two men named John Locke and George Stowe, and a constable arrived at the scene. Smith was taken into custody by the constable, while the others carried Millwood's body to an inn where a surgeon, Mr. Flower, examined the body on January 6th. Mr. Flower concluded that the death was a result of, quote, a gunshot wound on the left side of the lower jaw with small shot about size number four, one of which had penetrated the vertebrae of the neck and injured the spinal marrow. The trial of Francis Smith for willful murder began 10 days after the incident on January 13, 1804. Guilty or not guilty? What do you think? It's 1804? Yeah. No way. He's, he's definitely not guilty. Really? Okay, yeah. what's your reasoning? Those? <laughs> yeah. It's a defense lawyer. It's a great strategy. One. Well, Your Honor, guest. <laughs> Was he drinking? No. Can't prove anything. No, no, no. <laughs> Jess. No, no, Jess. Ghost. Ghost. That's all. That's all. I conclude my argument. <laughs> witnesses? Dead. Dead ghost. So you don't think you don't think he's <laughs> tough case? That'd be seven pence. <laughs> so you don't you don't think he's guilty of will willful murder? If anything, in in like today's society or eighteen oh four? Um both. Let's do that. Um eighteen oh four, not guilty. Is that eighteen oh four? Yeah. Okay. Um, today's society, I believe it's is it first degree manslaughter, first degree murder. Uh, first third degree, third. Degree. I was like first degree. You normally have like a plan. Okay, like third degree, they unplanned, just. Well, manslaughter is like accidental. No, nah, like a didn't. car accident, right? But you're at fault. Yeah. No. Like if you kill somebody. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's like third degree murder, okay. but I don't because like he definitely just killed a guy for no reason, but he was intoxicated. So I'm assuming that kind of makes it worse, though, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. That's I mean we have to get into it. Most likely, that's the reason he killed him. Yeah. Then be like, hey, who are you? And be like, oh, I'm the Mason guy dressed in my average day work clothes. And be like, oh, you're probably right, and then just walk off if he wasn't. Yeah. All I guess you could up. <laughs> I guess you could argue too that like there's so much tension, right? Because this ghost is like apparently strangling people. To death. Yeah. Which first of all, after hold on, hold on, let's go back really quick to Thomas Groom, right? It's been like a month of like people being like, No, we've seen this ghost, we've been attacked by it, that lady died after it. And he's like, Hey, let's go like take the shortcut through the churchyard. Why would you do that? <laughs> So, like, him being strangled, that's kind of his fault. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to this. Okay, so you're saying not guilty. Okay. All right. So, there's... Oh. In 1804, there's no way they can charge him for being guilty. I'm not saying he isn't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're, well, I'm saying... Yeah. In court, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't think they have much of a... Not a chance. <laughs> not in 1804. <laughs> Have you been to 1804? You know the court system works. If she burns, she's a witch. 
Oh, she can't, she no. can't swim with these weights on? Yeah. It's like, if she swims with the weights on, she's a witch and we burn her. If she doesn't, well, she wasn't a witch. But she died. But that's the same. But if she, if they weren't guilty, it's the same thing. Like, I killed the ghost. I thought it was a ghost. I killed it. Uh, Not guilty. I, yeah, but like the Salem witch trials wasn't like, oh, good. <laughs> These people should have been charged with murder. <laughs> Don't do witchcraft in the woods. <laughs> don't, hey, swim better. Did you know? For I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, don't, don't. stop it. I was like, for Dr. Simpson's, one of her history classes, I did a whole paper on why women were persecuted as witches. Single women, lovely women. Because they're, because I would be if we weren't dating, because I have Dinah, right? And then people would be like, she's a single woman with a black cat. Which, which, <laughs> I'm the one of the girls. I forget if she was killed or she was put up for being a witch, and they never did it. But in theory, I'm related to somewhere. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. We should look that up. Yeah. Ancestry.com. Did that show? Does that show your ancestry yeah. for witches? Yeah, you have the little leaf, and then one below is just a hat. <laughs> we need a hat for witch. Yeah, we have your census from 1830, witch. <laughs> Occupation witch. Oh, that's funny. All right, anyway, back to the trial. The trial starts. A lot of different people are testifying, obviously, because they don't have DNA evidence or anything. So it's really just who heard what, who saw what, who thinks what, whatever. So the deceased's wife, yeah, Thomas Millwood's wife, Mrs. Fulbrook? You know what? It might be his wife or his might have been his, his sister. mom. Was it his sister? No, his sister's aunt. She testifies later. This is okay. just a testimony from Mrs. Fulbrook. Somehow she's related to him. Anyway, she explained to the court. This was her testimony. I, I think hers was more for the defense, but I don't know who called these people to the stand, right? So this is what she said. Quote, on Saturday evening, the Saturday before this happened, on Saturday evening, he and I were at home, for he lived with me. He said he had frightened two ladies and a gentleman who were coming along the terrace in a carriage, for that the man said he dared to say, there goes the ghost, that he said he was no more a ghost than he was, and asked him, using a bad word, did he want a punch of the head? Sorry. I begged of him to change his dress. Thomas says I, as there is a piece of work about the ghost and your clothes look white. Pray do put on your great coat that you may not run any danger. So she basically had a conversation with him the week prior that people mistook, like, mistook him for the Hammersmith ghost. And so she's trying to tell him, well, you need to, you need to wear something else. Obviously, you're dressed in all white. This is why I think maybe the defense questioned her because yeah. it, you know, it kind of goes towards like, well, if they thought it was he was a ghost, like, yeah. you know, Anne Millwood testified that he may have worn all white, but that Smith fired his gun immediately after calling for her brother to stop on the street. So she basically said that she heard him yell like, damn you, what are you? I'll shoot you. But instead of waiting for a reply, he basically just fired at the same time. So she was like, he didn't even give him a chance to like answer. 
Others testified on Smith's behalf, stating that he was a man of good character and that it was merely an accident in good faith, saying, like, Hammersmith Ghost was, like, you know, harassing the town and he went out to do a good deed and it was an accident. Francis Smith even took the stand, stating that he was most agitated upon running across the alleged ghost, and when he didn't receive an answer, he acted rashly. However, he declared to God that he, quote, had no malice against the deceased, nor any intention of taking away the life of an individual whatever. It says individual whatever. I did not add whatever on the end of So people were testifying on both sides. However... The chief judge, Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald MacDonald, advised the jury before they went to deliberate. He said, this is what he said, quote, I should betray my duty and injure the public security if I did not persist in asserting that this is a clear case of murder. If the facts be proved to your satisfaction, all killing whatever amounts to murder unless justified by the law or in self-defense. In cases of some involuntary acts or some sufficiently violent provocation, it becomes manslaughter. Not one of these circumstances occur here. The judge went on to explain that even if Millwood had been pretending to be the Hammersmith ghost, his actions were not a serious felony and wouldn't have needed such strong actions taken against him. Um, he was worried that if the jury deemed Smith's actions to be excusable, then other individuals could get away with harming others by saying they thought the victims were doing yeah. crime in some way, i.e. like robbing. So like if, if, if you're going to like, if you're a purse snatcher and you're stealing a woman's purse and I'm like, Oh my God, thief. And I just shoot you. He was like, come on. Like you can't do that. I know. And I know, I know this is, this is 1804. I know it's a big problem. Well, he's basically saying like, and we'll get further into it with other cases, but he's saying like, it doesn't matter if he thought he was a ghost or not. He just kind of shot somebody to shoot them. To shoot them, didn't check, you know, didn't give him a chance to respond. This, I mean, Thomas Millwood wasn't attacking anybody. He was just walking home. So the judge was like, yeah. he's basically telling the jury, it doesn't matter what. It's murder. Whatever you guys are thinking right now about the ghost, stop. Yeah, he's like, did it? Was it murder or not? Yes. You have to decide that. So after deliberating for an hour, the jury concluded that Francis Smith was guilty of manslaughter. The judge sent them back, stating that they must either find Smith guilty of murder or acquit him because the fact that Smith believed Millwood to be a ghost was irrelevant. The jury returned once again with a guilty verdict. This time for murder. Will for murder. Because, like, he still murdered again. <laughs> Smith was sentenced to death by hanging, but the judge reported the case to the king um, because in questionable cases, I guess that's what they do or they have to do that anyway. And the king ended up commuting, com commuted the decision to a year's heart later. Hard labor, excuse me. So he basically pardoned him. Yeah. And... He did it's a pretty. That's a pretty great 
Get out. Well, that's what I was. If I was like the fam, like the Millwood family, I'd be pissed. I'd be like a year, really. Just a year in like the field. Just a year. Yeah, isn't that wild? So, I guess the jury, in theory, kind of thought he was not guilty, but the judge judge was was like, like, "He's guilty, (laughs) (laughs) you moron." So I feel better about 1804 laws now. Right? Like, I thought that was... I'm kind of on the judge's side. Like, he, it doesn't matter if he thought he was a ghost or an alien or whatever. You can't just shoot somebody. <laughs> like, you just can't do that. So after, after the whole ordeal, ordeal, I'm not sure how long this took, an elderly shoemaker named John Graham came forward claiming to be the Hammersmith ghost. He said that he used, this is so ridiculous, he said that he used a white sheet to frighten his apprentice, his shoemaker apprentice, who had been scaring Graham's children with ghost stories. Was she the one that died? No. 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 What do we learn about how she died? Who? The lady who died from the hammerhead ghost. The hammerhead (laughs) ghost? Yeah, it's a shark. (laughs) Hammersmith ghost? Sorry. No, she just died of shock. Oh. From a guy in a white sheet. Yeah. uh, And that's... There is no record of this guy getting in trouble, so I don't know if they... Does anyone shoot him? But No, no. (laughs) So I don't know if they believed him or what? Because if this is true and he did all that, he killed somebody and then like um, assaulted two other, least two other people. And got somebody else killed. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. So that was like one quick snippet. I'm not a hundred percent sure. There's like no record of what happened to him. So whether or not what he said was true or not, I'm not sure. But. So the question of whether acting on a mistaken belief was a sufficient defense to a criminal charge was debated for about 180 years. So um, there were a couple couple court cases that this, obviously not like, I thought it was a ghost, but like the same premise, like I thought he was X, Y, and Z, right. Um, So it was debated for like 180 years until it was clarified at the Court of Appeal in the case... R versus Williams Gladstone in 1984. So in this case, Gladstone Williams had seen a man dragging a younger man violently along the street. So he ran over thinking an assault was taking place. He ended up injuring the apparent assailant who was actually attempting to apprehend a suspected thief. Williams was convicted of assault, occasioning actual bodily harm, excuse me, and appealed due to the fact that he believed he was doing a good deed. That makes sense? He saw a man basically tussling with another guy, dragging him down the street violently, ran over, basically beat up older gentleman that was dragging the younger gentleman. The younger gentleman was stealing and the older gentleman was... Stop. Had basically, like, arrested him or citizens arrested him. But, But Williams was like, I thought... Yeah. I thought he was assaulting this man, so I thought I was in the right, essentially. So Lord Chief Justice Lane stated, quote, In a case of self-defense where self-defense or the prevention of crime is concerned, 
If the jury came to the conclusion that the defendant believed or may have believed that he was being attacked or that a crime was being committed and that force was necessary to protect himself or to prevent the crime, then the prosecution have not proved their case. If, however, the defendant's alleged belief was mistaken and if the mistake was an unreasonable one, that may be a peaceful reason for coming to the conclusion that the belief was not honestly held and should be rejected. Even if the jury come to the conclusion that the mistake was an unreasonable one, if the defendant may genuinely have been laboring under it, he's entitled to rely upon it. So long story short, he's basically saying even if he was right or wrong or he believed correctly or he knew what was happening, you can technically use that as a defense. Um, a mistaken belief as a defense. Unless, like, you're obviously, like, making it up completely. Yeah. I thought he was a werewolf. What? <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Speaking hairy. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a lot of jargon that I don't quite understand, but he's basically saying what I said. Like, well, if they've truly, if they truly, in their heart of hearts, believed that they were doing... Yeah. The right the thing. The right thing. Obviously, unless they're, like... Well, I was going to say mentally ill. Like, have you heard of that case where they formed a cult, Heaven's Gate? Yeah. And the leader was like, we all have to commit suicide at this exact time so the alien mothership can come take our souls to heaven. That clearly won't (laughs) Does it count? Yeah. (laughs) Like, back to the Robbie. I mean, he thought somebody was assaulting him, blah, blah, blah. So... The appeal was allowed, so he was allowed to appeal his case, and the conviction was squashed. So he got, he basically got off on his defense. The decision was approved by the Privy Council in Beckford versus the Queen, 1988, and was later written into law in the Criminal Justice and Immigration Act, 2008, Section 76. So from then on out, it was basically allowed that that could be your defense. Because, I mean, way back, if we go back to the Hammersmith Ghost one, the judge basically said you can't use that as a defense. So they've changed it. Now you can. So if you see a ghost and then you shoot somebody on accident thinking they're the ghost, you can say that you thought they were a ghost. I'm not saying that you'll get off (laughs) on murder. I'm not saying that you'll (laughs) walk free. I'm just saying you can argue that. So, that's the end of my story. Do you think that you will, do you think that this will keep you up at night or do you think that you'll still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? Have I spooked you at all with any of these stories? I guess we don't live in this country. Yeah. I don't know the U.S. law system. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I don't know what it is here. Most of the time in this situation, I think. Like if you believe you're doing the right thing, they let you go, but it's not always. Yeah. The U.S. doesn't have, like, oh, like, 100% it's sometimes. Yeah. Well, this was more. Like, oh, my baby was drowning. I thought it'd be easier to just leave them in the pool instead of having to make and have them drown in there than have them fight and not make it. Like, that kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, true. I mean, this is just saying that, like, you can use that as an argument. Whether people believe you or not. Yeah, that's true. That whether the jury believes that you're making that up or you truly believe that. It may not help your case, but, like, you can say that. Then, I mean, yeah, it's probably... I bet it's very rare. I think it has to happen in a situation... This is very political. 
unintentionally. Welcome to our political podcast. Yeah. (laughs) There's probably not that many situations except in its political, like, cops and firemen and other, like, yeah. We're like, oh, I thought. I thought. I thought that he had a gun and was pointing it at me. I thought he was reaching for his gun. Yeah. I thought that his hand in his pocket meant that he had a hand grenade and he was about to throw it at me. So I shot him. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, I'll say it. <laughs> that is often their argument. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is and it a good one always? No. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. This particular one in like England the, is saying you can argue that uh, yeah. whether that the, helps you or not. There's the three guys in Georgia. They're like, oh, we thought this guy robbed somebody. He lived under a bridge. So we shot him just the police. Did. Yeah. We right. chased him in a truck. We followed him in a truck and then we shot him. Yep. And but that was, was their argument. Yeah. You can argue that. It didn't work. <laughs> Whether I believe that or not, it's up to me, but you can argue that. Um, I'm trying to think. I wonder if there's any other cases, though, that somebody was like, no, I thought he was a ghost. There's the, there's the, oh, <laughs> there's the Seinfeld episode where they go to, like, a small town. I think it's the last episode. I don't watch Seinfeld. I'm it's sorry. all right. I'll talk. Somebody who watches this <laughs> or listens to this might where. It might not be the last episode. I don't remember. Anyway. But there was a mudding, and yeah. they were like, we're in New York City, and they like filmed it, and they like didn't, and they just walked away, and like they got in trouble for it, because they, there was like a, you have the right to defend a citizen if like, and you didn't defend them, like that's on you. Yeah. And, like, they got in trouble, and the thief didn't, and then it's... Well, isn't that a, isn't that a, not a law, but like, couldn't the person at least sue you for like, not okay. negligence, but like not helping yeah i don't know is that a thing i don't know we don't Some i'm calling 911 i'm just gonna point at you while you get beaten up so yeah shame 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 so this so this story actually at the very end of one of my sources it mentions another episode that we actually did so this case actually happened right before the spring-heeled jack Case, which I don't think you were on that episode, but people basically thought like a a very well dressed demon question mark was like attacking women. Um, I don't know if they ever found him or not. Um, but that happened like right across the river, apparently from here. I don't think he got killed. <laughs> I thought he was a demon. <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, you don't think this will keep you up at night? No. Okay. Well, it, you always ask me. I never asked you. Will oh. it keep you up at night? Um, no, I think that now that I've read this one, I want to look into more more along the lines of, I want to see if anybody has ever used the defense of, like, I thought it was a ghost. You know what I mean? No. Well, I thought it was a demon what was coming the, for my soul. What was the the guy recently? Sovereign citizen or something. He was on TikTok. I don't, I don't know. know. He was the one who he drove a car into a raid in Wisconsin. Oh. Well, that guy's crazy. Eh. No, guy, the, sorry, not, not crazy in like the sense that like he should get off for insanity. No, he, crazy he, in the fact that like he is he is so delusional in his mind that he is correct about everything. Like, what is wrong yeah, with that? Sorry, man? <laughs> my my noise was not regarding to him being crazy. His, his, I was referring to his argument Yeah, that it, it doesn't really fall into this, but it's like, oh, like, 
the government makes me pay taxes and it owns and gives me a number. I I don't claim to be this person. You can't arrest me. <laughs> I mean, I guess that kind of is this. He has a mistaken belief about something. Yeah, and the judge 100% let him for like he's saying every single aspect to like make sure he doesn't appeal and get out of this. And it was so just like, are you going to talk to him as soon as the jury walks in? No, I promise. Door open. What? And just like, get out. And just- it is so wild to me. Like, people like him who he, like, I don't care if you think you're, like, if you think the government's on to get you, okay, fine. In some situations, that might be true. And I'm assuming that's what he thought. Like, the judge was corrupt or whatever. When you act like that in court, that does not help your case. That makes you look worse. Yeah. And, like, After, he doesn't understand that. And it's not like, like, his, he killed multiple people. Yeah. With a car for no re- It's not like he committed, like, tax fraud. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't know the government. And yeah. people will be like, <laughs> he's, it's whatever. And then, but no, he's like, I did. That car killed those people, not me. <laughs> I know I know nothing. <laughs> those people were government agents. Yeah. I took out that high school band kid. He deserved God. He's wild. No, they did it. That was it. I was referring to the MB. Him so, thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. He's an idiot. I feel bad for those people and their family. Yeah. Especially having to go through that reason. Stuff. Yeah. Goes back to the Millwood family. For what reason? Well, I thought he was a ghost, so I shot him. Like, for what reason? Just calm down. Like, just calm down and go home. Like, yeah. Anyway, anyway, my sources, if you would like to look at them, will be on the website, bugandrug.podbean.com. I actually, obviously, everybody that knows me knows I'm obsessed with uh, Ken and Ryan now doing Ghost Files and the Watcher Network, but they actually covered this case on BuzzFeed Unsolved. So that's where I first heard about it. So if you want to watch that, it's on YouTube. You can go to BuzzFeed Unsolved. Just type in the Hammersmith Ghost and you can watch their video on it. It's kind of funny. Um, you can see pictures on our Instagram and Twitter. They're both at B-I-A-R Podcast. You can email us, podcast at gmail.com. Harley has requested a story and I'm going to try to write it, but... It's going to take me longer than what I had time for this week. So hopefully next week's story will be about skinwalkers. Have you heard? Are they kind of like the underground tunnel people of Las Vegas? I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk about it next week. Um, But hopefully I'll have enough time to do that next week. Um, That's it. Did I miss anything? I don't know. If you've ever, if you ever seen a ghost, don't just go shoot them. <laughs> ask, ask questions and get answers first. Shoot later. <laughs> All right, signing off. I'm Kaylin. Bombs are dramatic effects. Jack. Bye. <laughs>